Welcome to Marksman, a podcast for men who have been marked by Christ and who are aiming their lives at Christ-likeness. I'm Mark Spellman, your host, and want to welcome you to the podcast today, welcome you to the conversation today, and I hope that you'll share this podcast with your friends. I would love to get some more guys sitting around the the garage chatting, talking, you know what I'm saying, just sitting around the... Uh, the fireplace or sitting around the the pond, you know, fishing together, whatever, you know, you want to, you know, you enjoy doing, let's, let's just get more guys involved. Let's get more guys in the conversation because together we, we draw so much strength when we do things together with other men of like faith, like passion, and we're encouraged. I know for myself, um, as I've grown in the Lord, a lot of times I grow through what I call positive peer pressure, um, not a wrong peer pressure, but just the fact that, man, that guy, he's, he's more, he, he's on fire. I mean, and it, his fire challenges my fire. I better get myself going here. You know, some, and I, I remember one time sitting at Bible school and I just went to Bible school. I got involved in the local church and I was helping in the parking lot and, Every day we would we would start praying, you know, before the we went out to serve and would pray for the church, pray for the service, pray for the people coming, pray for pastor, and just you know just prayed. And I remember just sitting in that circle, well not sitting, but standing in that circle, and as we prayed, just hearing different men pray, just hearing different men pray, it provoked me. It provoked my my desires. It provoked my pursuit. It it provoked me to pray more, pray better, pray from a different place because some some of those guys were praying from a place that I was not at. I love Jesus. I'm going to Bible school. I'm giving my life to the Lord in ministry. But man, that doesn't mean I know God as good as some other people. I mean, there's people that have walked with God a lot longer than me. And you get around those people and you get around them praying, man, it just, it draws you, it calls you. And if you got last week's podcast, you'll know what that word call means. Man, when God is calling, sometimes he'll use someone else in their life to call you, call you up. He'll use their life, their walk with Jesus to call you up and call you out and call you forward and get you maybe back on path. You know what I'm saying? So I want to pick up today's conversation out of Romans chapter 8, talking about the great truth, the stabilizing truth, the anchoring truth that if God be for us, who can be against us? And that whole phrase starts out with verse 31, what shall we say to these things. What should we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? Well, what are the things he's referring to? Well, I can't reteach and explain all of them again. You'll just have to go back to previous conversations and they'll all labeled for you there. You can go back in the Marksman series and just see, you know, back three or four weeks ago where we started this, you'll find these things individually discussed, but we talked about the foreknowledge of God, because that's the first thing mentioned in verse 29. It says, those whom he foreknew, he also predestined. So foreknowledge and predestination are the first two things we talked about when Paul says, what do we say to these things? Well, that's the first two things we talked about the foreknowledge of God, how that strengthens you, the predestination of God, what 
plan has he prepared? What path has he prepared for your life? What has he made ready for you to choose? What does he offer you? Well, that's what we talked about next. He goes on to say, the first thing you're called to is to be conformed to the image of his son. And then verse 30, those he predestined, those who, those who he prepared something for, see, what good would it do for him to know something and to prepare something and then not call you and invite you to it, send you an invitation? Well, that's what the gospel is. It's an invitation. I mean, it's not just an invitation to have your sins forgiven. It's an invitation to the calling, to the plan, to the purpose. What, what's your life for? Why did he give you breath? Why did he pay such a high price? Why did he redeem your soul? There's something he has for you men, and he has for everyone who, who ever comes through the womb of a woman. He's got a plan. He's got a purpose. He's got a destiny. Something's been prepared. But we don't get there. We cannot get there unless he calls us, unless he invites us, unless he continues to direct and speak to us. So that was the next thing, those whom he predestined, he called. And that, of course, was last week's conversation. If you missed it, you can go back and check it out. We dug into what does it mean for God to be calling us. But then it goes on to say, those whom he called, he justified. Now, that's what we're going to dig into today in today's conversation what does it mean to be justified? Well, the most uh, simple thing that we can boil it down to is for us to stand in the presence of our holy God, our holy Father, who is perfect in all his ways. There is no darkness in him, none, no darkness. He is only pure, only perfect. How do we even stand in his presence? How do we come into his presence? Well, only if not just are we forgiven, we have to be cleansed. We have to be cleansed. We have to be made clean. And so I love how I heard one person break down the word justified. It's a little play on words, but it'll help. It helped me. And it's this. It's just if I'd never sinned. So when we talk about the blood of Jesus being applied to our life, being the blood of Jesus being offered for the forgiveness of our sins, see, there's something that we have in the New Testament that the Old Testament believers didn't have. And you know what? Believe it or not, they had forgiveness. That's why the blood of bulls and goats and all that was being offered was so that their sins could be forgiven. Righteous, not righteous, but innocent blood was being shed for the guilty. And so they had forgiveness. They had that under the Old Testament. If, if all this was about was just getting forgiven, well, the Old Testament was, was doing a crack job on that. I mean, boom, every year, just offer the right animals, offer the innocent blood and for our guilty lives. And we had forgiveness, but Jesus didn't just come to forgive our sins. The Bible teaches in the New Testament, our sins have been cleansed. Our sins have been washed away. The The prophetic prophets talked about as far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. So there's something different than being forgiven. There's a little bit further God wants us to go with him, and that is to a place of restored innocence, 
innocence. That's why when we get saved, the Bible uses this term, we're born again. That's right. We're born again. We come, we, we're a brand new life in Christ. We're not some old sinner just getting forgiven. No, we, we get forgiven so that we can be born again by the Spirit, but then we come alive as an infant, you might say. I mean, when you look at a little child, that infant, that new life, there's no sin in that child. There's, I mean, it's just a brand new little baby, just pure, just innocent. Well, that's what God wants us to understand, that when we are a new creation in Christ Jesus, we are not just forgiven, we are forgiven, but now we've been cleansed by the blood and our innocence has been restored. Oh my goodness, what a gift our salvation is. And I love this passage in Colossians chapter 1. It says, by the blood of his cross, by the blood of his cross, he has brought us back to him. He has restored us to innocence. Again, Colossians 1.20 in the Passion Translation. By the blood of his cross, he's brought everything back to himself. He's redeemed everything back to himself. Everything that, that was, he was separated from, he removed that separation. He bridged the gap. He brought us back to himself. And it says this in the Passion. I love it. It says it's, we've been restored to innocence again. Then you read in the book of Hebrews, it talks about you know, the blood of bulls and goats, and it compares it in contrast to the blood of Christ. You know, It says the blood of bulls and goats. He said if, if that was the end of all things, that could just have continued. But none of those things could cleanse our conscience. In fact, it said in those offerings, there was actually a remembrance of sins. It actually made them sin conscious, the, the constant offerings, the constant bloodshed, the constant blood flow that was happening in Israel as all those uh, offerings were being made year by year by year by year. There was a remembrance of sins in those offerings. Read about it in Hebrews 8, Hebrews 9, Hebrews 10. It, it breaks the whole thing down. But here's the thing. In contrast, the blood of Christ actually cleanses the conscience of the worshiper. It purges us. This is the verbiage it uses in Hebrews. It purges our conscience from dead works that we may serve the living God. Hallelujah. So it's not just forgiveness. And I don't mean just it, to minimize that. I just mean don't stop at forgiveness. Go all the way with the gospel. Go all the way with the grace of God. Go all the way with the mercy of God. And realize God offers you innocence innocence, that we can live from a place of clean innocence. I love this passage in Romans chapter 5. We'll look at it in just a minute. Romans chapter 5, it says this. Let me get my Bible up here in front of me. Romans chapter 5, it says this in verse 1, therefore being justified by faith. Remember Romans 8 says, those whom he called he justified those that he had foreknowledge of, those that he predestined, those that he called. The next thing he did was he justified us. He That's what, remember, it goes on to say, what shall we say to these things? If God be for us, what can be against us? He that offered his only begotten son for us, 
then why would he not give us everything freely that we need? Well, see, this offering of his son was so that his blood could be shed. And when his blood was shed and you put your faith in that blood and I put my faith in that blood, we have forgiveness of our sins. We have the removal. And that's why John the Baptist, man, he laid it out there. When Jesus appeared on the shores of the Jordan, he says, behold, the Lamb of God, which takes away the sins of the world, not just forgives the sins of the world. He's taking it away. He's carrying it away. And Jesus, when he forgave your sins, he carried them away. And so all that's left is peace with God. And that's what Romans 5 says in verse 1. Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God. We have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, the word, the scripture, verse 1 of chapter 5, it starts with the word therefore. Now, when I was in Bible school, I learned something really, really deep. And are you ready for this heavy revy? <laughs> when you see the word therefore, find out what it's there for. Because it's connecting what it's about to say to what he just said. And so, therefore... Being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, is connected to the end of chapter 4 of Romans, of course. Now, the Bible wasn't written in chapter and verse. It was written as letters, but it was divided as chapters and verse so that we could all turn to the same place and reference the same spot. But here's what it says in Romans 4. It's talking about what Abraham received, and he compares it to what we receive. It talked about Abraham in verse 21 of Romans 4. Abraham being fully persuaded that what he had promised, that's God, he was able to perform. How many know what God promises he can perform? And it goes on to say, Now this being written was not for his sake alone. So all of chapter 4 of Romans is about Abraham, our father of faith. But he, he wraps it up at the end of chapter 4 saying, Everything I just said was not just for him. It's for you and I, guys. It's for us. It was not written for his sake alone that it was imputed to him. That was his righteousness was a gift. But for us also to whom it shall be imputed. What's, the, what's being imputed? Righteousness. Justification. It shall be imputed to us if we believe on him that raised up Jesus our Lord from the dead. Jesus, who was delivered for our offenses and was raised again for our justification. Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. So here, here we are, men. God has foreknowledge. God has a plan. And then God has been busy calling us, calling us home calling us to the plan that he has for our life. And the reason we can even get there and where the reason sin won't stop us and the reason the enemy and the devil can't even stop us is because we have been justified. We have, we're like the prodigal son coming home. We're getting the robe put back on us, a ring back on our finger and sandals back on our feet. We're receiving our righteousness. We're receiving our authority. We're receiving our purpose and glory be to God. If God is for us, 
Who can be against us? And what can stand against us? He didn't withhold Jesus. He's not going to withhold anything good that we need. So I hope that you're enjoying this conversation week after week as we're just taking time to go through this powerful, powerful passage in Romans chapter 8 where we're just unpacking these things. What shall we say to these things if God be for us? Who can be against us? What are the things? God's foreknowledge, God's plan for your life. He's predestined you. He's prepared something for you and for your family and for your children. And then he's been busy calling you, calling you, calling you, calling you. We go from glory to glory. Why? He calls us to one level of glory. Then he calls us to the next level of glory. Then he calls us to the next level of glory. But those he called, he had to do something else. He had to remove our sins. He had to remove the obstacle of of shame and guilt and condemnation because those will stop you and me. Those will stop us dead in our tracks. Shame is a killer. Condemnation is a thief. But we have been cleansed by the blood of Jesus. And so we can renounce shame. We can renounce guilt. We can renounce condemnation because God is for us. He's calling us. He's justified us because he gave. See, our forgiveness was an act of justice, not just favor, not just like we're God's favorite. And he's like, oh, I'll act like I didn't see that. No, he literally fulfilled justice. My sin deserved judgment and Jesus took my judgment. And then he took by faith what I, he didn't deserve so that I can take by faith what I don't deserve. He didn't deserve my sin. I don't deserve his righteousness, but he took my sin by faith and allowed the judgment of God to be upon him. So that then after being raised from the dead, he could offer me a justified life. And so that's the power of justification. I know we went just a little bit longer today on our conversation, but hope you've enjoyed the visit. Hope you've enjoyed just this time together around Romans chapter eight. We're going to pick it up again next week as we kind of wrap up this short little study um, out of the book of Romans. And I hope you've enjoyed it. Hope you'll share the podcast with your friends. Let's get some more guys in the conversation, more guys sitting around and just let's just seek God together. Let's pursue God together, men. So until I see you again or I talk to you again next week, have an awesome week. 